This podcast contains many, 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 many movie spoilers. Consider this your warning. Okay, you have now been warned. Enjoy. All right, it is No Texting During the Movie, a special Halloween uh, spooky edition. No Texting During the Movie, the podcast where I started a podcast so my wife would watch movies with me. Each week we take turns choosing a film to watch, analyze, and review. If you are listening to this, I'm sorry you haven't found a better podcast. Awesome. So uh, the movie we did, what was it this week, Tori? Psycho. Psycho. Special Halloween edition of Psycho. Very exciting. Did you, uh, what did you think of this movie? Oh, I thought it was so great. I just thought it was crazy, suspenseful. Nothing like I've seen before. Black and, and white. Black and white and entertaining. From the 1960s. Mm-hmm. From 1960, in fact. So can you name another black and white movie that you've actually watched? Nope. You don't know one black and white movie that you've seen? Maybe Charlie? No. Uh, oh, you know what? I did Wizard see one recently. It was called The Lighthouse. You didn't watch that. <laughs> I watched that on my phone and... My bedroom. Yeah, because, it was the only one I could think of. So. Because you were too scared. And that was also a great movie, The Lighthouse. We'll have to watch that sometime. Well, yeah, maybe not. Um, so, yeah, we watched the 1960 um, thriller, mystery, horror film for our Halloween edition called Psycho. If you have not seen Psycho, we are going to do insane spoilers in this episode. So if you have not seen that, it is amazing. Um, I would highly recommend watching it before you listen to this uh, because it's just awesome. And there are there are spoilers in this episode that are going to completely spoil the movie for you. So um, we're just warning you right now. Um, So I'll just give a brief uh, synopsis. I have it uh, pulled up here. So um, Phoenix office worker Marion Crane is fed up with the way life has treated her. She has to meet her lover Sam in lunch breaks, and they cannot get married because Sam has to give most of his money away in alimony. One Friday, Marion is trusted uh, to bank $40,000 by her employer. Seeing the opportunity to take the money and start a new life, Marion leaves town and heads to Sam's California store. Sam is her lover, by the way. Tired after a long drive and caught in a storm, she gets off the main highway and pulls into Bates Motel. The motel is managed by a quiet young man called Norman, who seems to be dominated by his mother. (laughs) So that's the synopsis. Um, Obviously, there's a lot more that happens in the story besides that. But uh, straight away, right out the gate, right out of the Norman Gates Motel, did you like this movie? 100%. 100%. A hundred out of a hundred. Nope. Maybe 90, but (laughs) 
it was great. It was not what I was expecting. I thought it was just a solid movie. You know, it just had great suspense. It was psycho. I mean, like, that is the the epitome of a psycho. And I loved it. Yeah. Psycho. Um, I really enjoyed watching this movie. This movie is badass. Mm -hmm. I will say, I did ask my mom about this movie today, and I was just like, yeah, we're going to watch this movie tonight, and, you know, that's our next podcast. And she's like, oh, the movie where... The, the lady hides people in the basement and cuts their body up. And that's just like the first thing when I was like, oh, this was that long ago that you don't even remember what happened. Yeah, she uh, she missed some key plot points there, yeah, I yeah. would say. But it was good because it threw me off and it was definitely not what I was expecting. I was going to be so bummed if she spoiled it for you because I feel like the reveal at the ending is so important. Um, but we'll get into that later. So... Um, I'll I'll go ahead and let you start. What was your cringiest scene? There was a there was a few. Um, the first one was when when she showed up at the hotel or Bates Motel, um, and he grabbed the keys and looked at the number one and was just like he looked at it and he like had this look to him like. And at that point, I didn't know he was actually psycho. So I just thought, oh, he's grabbing this key. But you can, you could just tell like. There's like a hesitance. Yeah. Like something creepy is going to happen. And I was still wondering, is it him that's the psycho or is it her? Like what's going to happen here? Yeah. So he, he took the keys, took her to her room and it was just super awkward. Like his hands, he was doing stuff with his hands. Oh, it was so cringy. So that was the first the second one was when the the car was sinking and he had a smirk to his face. Mm-hmm. I just like it, it sunk a little bit and then he and then it stopped and then sunk more. And he did this like smile where you were just like, what is wrong with you? I actually really like that scene because it it's sinking in the mud in the in the swamp and then it pauses mm-hmm. and then you think oh crap the car is not going to go farther down in the in the swamp and then it keeps going and that little like moment of like oh shit i thought it was actually really funny watching it back again those are the kind of things that when you're 13 years old you don't really at least i didn't i didn't really pick up on like the subtle humor of, of that sort of stuff but when i was re-watching it i was like this is funny but it's mm-hmm. also like yeah if that car sink doesn't sink all the way down the cops are gonna find you and you're going to jail right away so it was mm-hmm. like this suspense and like but at that point was it him or was it his mom that killed her you know so you're like looking at him him while this is all happening and he's like enjoying it in a sense like he's like oh yeah i'm winning right you know? like right. so so there's like the first sense of like oh he's at he's he's crazy and then the last was the shower scene like she's just taking a shower and she's like enjoying it and she I, was enjoying it a lot like, like in a weird way <laughs> yeah she was like oh i've never felt warm water on my body before yeah, oh yeah. her face was just like <laughs> so orgasmic yeah, i'm just gonna it, it say was awkward. <laughs> like you're just like why are you making those faces and like why are you touching your face and your neck like that like this, no one actually does that this lady only takes cold showers this is the first hot shower that she's, she's ever, ever had, had. <laughs> Okay. How about you? What was your cringiest scene? My cringiest scene. Okay, so you said the shower scene 
Wait, are you talking about the murder scene or just just her in the shower being weird? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and then the murder scene after that, that was obviously like all right. part of the same. But you didn't really mention the peeping Tom scene, which is my, oh, yeah. you know, she's she's getting undressed and he has a little, let me rewind a little bit. When he is going to give the key to Marion, he's looking at which cabin he has one of 12 cabins that he can give um, her the key for. He hesitates, just like you said, when he grabs the key for the first cabin. Mm-hmm. And the reason he does that now in retrospect is because he knows that there's a peeping hole mm-hmm. between the office and the first cabin where she's staying. So he like goes to grab the first cabin and then he's like, wait, that's the peeping Tom cabin. Wait, I actually want the peeping Tom cabin. I'm going to give her the peeping Tom cabin. So he gives her, you know, the first key and then later on you find out there's a little hole behind a picture frame in his office where he can see through into her room, which is so creepy. And mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, it's creepy to today's standards on, on a whole nother level, but I can only imagine how creepy it would feel watching that in the movie theater in 1960 when you're like, I don't know, I didn't live up in 1960. Maybe people were just as weird and creepy. That being said... Um, he's looking at her through the peeping hole when she's getting undressed to go into the shower. And that was just like, oh, what a weirdo. Why is he doing this? I mm-hmm. hate this guy. And then there's also another peeping, not, not a peeping Tom scene, but there's another scene uh, as he's showing her the cabin that she's going to stay in. I don't know if you noticed this, but he shows her the bed, he shows her the room, and then he just motions to the bathroom and he's like, there's the... And then he doesn't say bathroom and she mm. says bathroom. And it was like, there's like all this like weird shame or even in using the bathroom, like you can tell it's, it's just a little red flag of like psychological issues. Cause he can't even say bathroom and there's a woman in front of him that he's clearly mm-hmm. attracted to. And he doesn't even want to like talk about toilets in front of her. I don't know. It was just weird. And I was just like, Oh, watching it back after already knowing what's going on here. See, I took that a totally different way. Like now I see that as he knew he was going to kill her in there. So he was like awkward about it. I don't think he knew that he was going to kill her yet, though. I just think he knew he was going to try and see some try and see some boobies potentially <laughs> like that's what i think that he was uh, anticipating that's mm-hmm. why he picked the first cabin but i don't know and he his peeping hole time er, is, <laughs> his peeping tom hole <laughs> his pe- it 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 shone right into the bathroom. So mm-hmm. I think that's why maybe he was awkward about the whole bathroom thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not inside the mind of of mm-hmm. Mr. Norman Bates. So can we, you know. can we rewind a little bit? Because I know you talked about the peeping, peeping hole, Tom. <laughs> um, and in that, I know that you said that it would be weird nowadays. But I remember there was like this this Netflix documentary which we didn't watch, but there was there was that you know that guy that had the peeping peeping hole, Tom. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that guy like based that I off of the 100%. movie. Hundred percent. What you're talking about, just there is a documentary on Netflix called like Voyeur or something like that, and it's all about this guy who had a hotel with a bunch of peeping Tom like. 
he had a whole um, ledge or, or, or yes, some sort of catwalk mm-hmm. that went over each room and he could see inside and he just looked inside. Guarantee that guy was a big psycho fan. Like, what a creeper. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's, um, but that's I think that was around the same time. Not the same time, but I think he was doing that in the 70s and 80s. So, you know, Psycho was kind of in the collective hive mind of American society. So I think that that was um, probably where he got those ideas. Anyways, Psycho round two. Psycho round two. Voyeur edition. Okay, so those are our cringy scenes. What What was your favorite scene? I'm very curious. Very curious. Yeah, so initially I had a favorite scene in the beginning of the movie. And Before then, you found out that Norman was his mom. Spoiler! Yeah. So my first favorite scene was um, the Italian mafia guy and the sister and the boyfriend all coming together in that shop. Wait, no. <laughs> Hold on. You mean the private investigator? No, he's a, he's an Italian mafia. That's what I call him. Because Just because he has a fedora? <laughs> no, because he does just what he is. <laughs> okay. That's what he is in this movie. That's what I call him. No, he's so, a private he's investigator. He's a private investigator, but he is he also looks like an Italian mafia. Because? Because his he, hat. Yeah, probably. Sure. Okay. Uh yeah. So that was my favorite scene. But at the end when Wait, your favorite scene was when they were all like talking and like Yeah, like they're going to f- they're going to figure it out and find out, you know, what's going on and it just felt like they were going to they're getting to the bottom of this. Yeah, and that was just it felt so good of like, okay, now there's three people involved. There's gonna be justice. And yeah, kind of. <laughs> and down the road, that's an alternate ending that I have of a different <laughs> justice scenario. But okay, for now, yes, it just felt like they were coming in as a group of like, yeah, we're gonna find who did this. We're gonna figure it out. Um, the next favorite scene was the very ending when he was talking as his mom and he had this like weird smile and you're just like, what is wrong with you? When he's in the jail cell? Yeah, when he's in the jail cell. They're probably watching me. Well, let them, let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know and they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. And it just, it kind of wrapped up the whole movie. Like I yeah. felt like it was just like, oh, you're, you're looking at the camera screen. You're talking as your mom and you're actually a psycho. And like, this is what this whole movie was about. And I was like, oh, this totally makes sense now. So did you notice um, there's a very like subtle thing that happens? So, you know, when he's staring at the camera and he smiles and then it fades to the car coming out of the swamp. So if you look closer next time, as it's fading, you can kind of see a skull over his face. Creepy. So I'll have to, I'll I'll send you a picture of it, but there's like a skull that's superimposed on his face a little bit. And it looks really scary, but it's o- it's literally only for like a split second, and then it fades to the, you know, the the tow truck pulling the car out of the swamp, and then revealing that like, okay, he killed these, he mm. killed these people. So, are those all your favorite scenes? Yeah. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene. Um, in retrospect, you have to understand that I'm watching this movie 
as somebody who already knows the ending and Tori wasn't. So I had favorite scenes as I was watching this because what was happening was um, the dinner convo scene with Marion there in his little bird area, like his bird uh, den or whatever, mm-hmm. where all of his stuffed birds are. Very cool hobby. Think I'm going to get into it. Mm-mm. So they're having dinner there and there's such like a weird pendulum swing of like this shy, you know, kind of curious, sort of creepy, but like harmless dude. And then this dude that's like really got a lot of inner turmoil, Mm -hmm. like she'll say something and it triggers him. And then he gets like really stern and like super confident all of a sudden in a way that's like uncomfortable to where it's like it's it's causing this tension between them and their conversations. Wouldn't it be better if you put her someplace You mean an institution? A madhouse? People always call a madhouse someplace, don't they? Put her in someplace. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to sound uncaring. What do you know about caring? And I really like that scene because I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, dude, he's the killer. So he's like, he's very conflicted and very, um, he's got all these, you know, demons fighting with inside of him that he's trying to work out or whatever. So uh, I, I really like that scene because I just felt like the the dialogue was, was it was killing me. I, I loved it. I, I loved watching it. Um, my other favorite scene was the conversation between him and his mom about the fruit seller, about her going down to the fruit seller. Because at that Mm. point, you don't know Mm -mm. that he's his mom. But I'm listening to it and I know he's his mom and I'm hearing him talk as Norman and him talk as his mom. And then you see him carry the body down the stairs, which is just a dead body. But like to the viewer that doesn't know, they just think, oh, he's carrying his mom down to the cellar. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was genius because I was like oh this is why you don't really know to the end because all of the evidence is really pointing at his mom lives with him like his mom is a sick woman but you have no idea and that's why it's so surprising at the end when you find out that that his mom is just a corpse you know Mm -hmm. and then my third favorite scene was just the reveal because uh marion's sister who's investigating she she goes into the cellar she touches the body and the body slowly turns around and at that point you still think that that is a person turning around to reveal themselves mrs bates But it's just a chair on a swivel or whatever, and it turns around, and it's just a skeleton, like a mummified, nasty skeleton. And that moment, I was just like watching you the whole time, because I was like, oh my gosh, Tori doesn't know. This is amazing. And then you looked at me, and you said, are you serious right now? And I was like, (laughs) yes, this movie has done its job. So that was your favorite scene? That was my what the... WTH. <laughs> Let's keep it clean. Let's keep it clean. That was my WTH scene. I was just like, what is happening right now? What was going through your mind when, when you 
saw that. Did it all make sense to you or did you need to see Norman come in dressed as a woman before it all clicked? No, it all made sense. Like it was kind of adding up and I had a sense of like, oh, maybe he's going to be this person like maybe maybe he's going to be this thing you know I, I, I just be this thing as in like be both like be a split personality maybe he's going to have psychological issues so did you actually think that possibly he was both people at one point throughout watching the movie yeah maybe three times oh that's so annoying I never saw it coming the first time I watched this when you're in the industry of like <laughs> a lot of <laughs> can I say that yeah, working in the industry of psychology, there's that's a, that's a real thing, you know? Like, people have split personalities. People are like that, but not to that extent. So Yeah, I um, think this is, I think Hollywood has, has intervened in this yeah, case. But. Yeah, definitely. But that was definitely a scene where I was like, WTH. Like, she turns around and it was not what I was expecting. I thought it was just going to be like this innocent looking grandma. Oh, so you thought it was going to be like an alive grandma still. I did still, but there was part of me that was like, maybe it's split personality and like, maybe but did you ever think it was going to be a, did you ever think it was going to be a corpse? No, okay. they did a good job. They did. They did a really good job. That movie's from 1960 and it still blew your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. That's real yeah, cool. Really it's cool. 2020. So what was your WTH moment? I had two WTH moments. My first WTH, why did he still have the registry? Why did he still have the registry where she signed in? The The, the private investigator came by to, um, you know, see who has stayed at the hotel and his registry still has her signature and her place of um, where she lives, Los Angeles, it says her name, and it's her alias name. But still, the private investigator has a, 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 um, a handwriting sample. So he holds up the handwriting sample, and instantly he knows that the person he is looking for has stayed at this hotel. And then Norman gets really, really awkward and starts stumbling over his words and stuttering in a very convincing way. I just don't understand why he didn't cut that page out. If you murder a woman and you put her dead body in a car and put it in the swamp behind your house, also get rid of the page where she signed an alias name. Um, I, I don't understand that piece. Maybe it was his list. Like maybe it was his like, oh, I put this person here and this person here. Like maybe it was his tracking binder. Okay. Keep that in a safe or something. Like, keep it under your bed. Yeah, but keep how, under how long has he, like, gotten away with it? That he was like, oh, it's just nothing's ever going to happen. Yeah, I feel like if you're a serial killer, you just got to be a little more mindful of, you know, some some someday, you know, somebody's going to come snooping around. <laughs> They're going to be <laughs> sniffing for clues. <laughs> so you got to be... <laughs> You got to be careful, and um, he just wasn't smart in this case. And uh, he was too preoccupied with taking his pill. What pill? That thing he always chewed. Like every time he would get nervous, he would put something in his mouth, and he was like, "I don't think it was a pill. I think it was caramel corn no. or something." He was always eating. No, I definitely think it was like a pill. What? Yeah. No. Anytime he would get super awkward, he would take this white pill, and he would like chew it and swallow it. Did you not notice that? 
No, I yeah, have Google to. It. Yeah, I'll Google it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little research on that because I didn't. Every single time he would like chew something, and then he'd swallow it, and then he would like act a different way. What? No, I swear. Go like seriously. Look it up. Okay, I don't believe you, but I'll I'll look into it, and then, you know, if I'm wrong, I'll correct myself on the next episode. Um, In the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, my what the heck moment, that was my what the heck moment. Get rid of the registry. Also, I had another what the heck moment that, uh, doesn't really necessarily connect to the movie. It just connects to, um, a conversation we had during the movie. Can Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. can I unpack this? Sure. Um, I looked over at you during the movie because I was really enjoying myself. I was having a great time watching this movie. And I said to you, I'm having a great time watching this movie. And you looked at me with a straight face and you just said, don't ever kill me. (laughs) Why did I have a feeling you would talk about this? Because it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) You just, I just thought that was a weird place to go. Yeah, you said don't ever kill me. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I think we've watched a few scary movies together over the last like couple months. Why did you say don't ever kill me? <laughs> because this guy was like psycho and I was just like, oh, like here he is. Like you don't expect him to be psycho. And then he's a split personality. So it's just like, oh my gosh, he was one way. Now he's like his mother who is killing her, but it's not his mother. It's actually him. Are you scared that I have a split personality? Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, you know what? Um, <laughs> let's go to therapy and I'll figure out if I do. I know a couple good therapists, so I can definitely <laughs> recommend some. And then I can put your, your worries at rest. <laughs> I wasn't actually worried. I was just like, oh, like. You're not going to kill me, right? It was just more of like a conversation piece <laughs> than like an act. <laughs> okay. Moving on. We'll talk about this uh, off podcast. No, just kidding. Um, so usually we do date, marry, kill, but I wanted to switch it up. So depending on the movie, I think it's appropriate, you know, to switch it up to a different segment. So instead of date, marry, kill tonight. I am going to go for alternate ending. Now, this is one of the greatest endings of all time in a movie, in my opinion. It's Mm -hmm. so awesome. But if there was an alternate ending, do you want me to go first? No, I do. Okay, go first. What is your alternate ending for Psycho? He's in the jail cell, right? And and everyone is dead and it's done. So the, the alternate ending that I would create would be... That like all these people who he has killed throughout the movie are all in the cellar with the with his mom in a cage or something like that. So they're all like in this cage alive still. Right. So they never actually died. I think that would be like super suspenseful and like, oh, I thought that person died. Oh, wait, now they're alive. And they're all with like this skull just all together so you have the italian mafia guy or the the pi guy right then you have the you know you have her marion marion and then you have the two other girls that he killed before that so your alternate ending let me get this straight i'm oh keep going so all these people would be all together in this cellar and would marion still be naked no she he put clothes on her 
So he put clothes on her and made her look like she's his not. grandma's his mom's <laughs> <Yeah>. clothes, <laughs> a robe, <laughs> a nice velvet and a robe, <laughs> and a knife. So she was holding a knife too, but it was plastic. <laughs> so um, yeah, they're all there, and it just and then they get they get let go. So like once they they find him, they find out what happened. He goes to jail, and all these people are free, and that's the justice piece that you were talking about in the beginning but like my justice piece was in the ending like the alternate ending where all these people have justice and then she goes and marries her lover guy and all that so it's a happy ending what happens to the 40,000 well they buy a house (laughs) (laughs) so they get it from the swamp yeah they go in they so she she never goes to jail for her crimes no, because she was a victim. <laughs> so, because she was a victim, she doesn't have to answer for her crimes. Let that be a lesson, guys. If so you're she ever, gives, no, I, if I you're ever in a bind, have something horrible happen to you, and you know you're absolved. No, so they fish out the money, they get it, they dry it out, and all that stuff. She gives the money back to that guy, and he's like, "Oh, if you if you ever are in a pinch, like let me know, I'll help you." <laughs> And then so he he buys her a house because she was she was honest. Oh, and it's yes. all good. So like you know what? there's redemption there and there's, you know That's so true. I've found in life that even if you commit the most heinous crime, if you're honest about it, you will be forgiven. forgiven. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay. Okay. And also this scenario okay, so Marion gets stabbed in the shower. So what happens? Do her stab wounds, d- does does Anthony Perkins dress them up and she's good to go? Or well, yes, what? because he did say he's really good with a needle and thread. <laughs> okay. So he stabs her and then he he sews it up just like the birds. Great cover up, great catch there. Right. I know that you didn't think about that. Oh, I did. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ending has to be perfect, right? It has to be like... The viewers are really like just watching it and just feeling like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It, it goes back to, you know, this scene five minutes in where. Oh, I'm sorry. I just I just fell asleep during your your explanation. Yeah. So tell us your alternate ending. Okay. That probably sucks. So. Okay. Go ahead. So my alternate ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my alternate ending. I have a really bad habit, especially in my younger yeah, years. A lot. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, in my younger years, uh, let me just give you a little context for this. Um, you know the scene in Toy Story mm. when when Buzz Lightyear is on the ledge and he jumps. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then he, he falls and, and his arm falls off. Mm-hmm. So in that scene, when I was watching it as a young person, as a young boy, I I thought for a second that he was going to fly and that he did have superpowers as a toy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Can you relate it to this movie? Yeah, exactly. So let me let me circle back here. There is a very small sliver when I first watched this movie that thought that the lady skeleton grandma, mom, was going to jump out and she would be alive and just be like, ah! (laughs) If I had an alternate ending, I would say that that skeleton was killing people all along and then 
it and the the dude, the lover of of Marion would have a huge battle and he would have to kill the skeleton and then mm-hmm. he would slay that skeleton and, and Norman Bates would come in and be like, oh my gosh, you killed my skeleton mommy. Ah! And then they'd, uh, you know, he would be a culprit so he would still go to jail. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, the skeleton mom was doing all the killing. Isn't that wild? <laughs> that would be... So that's not a very good alternate ending. That turns into like a zombie movie. Yeah, it does. It change the whole it, like vibe. It wouldn't be as good if... So I'm really glad that that's not the alternate... That's not the actual ending. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do have to say, though, is... Wh- what did we learn here when we when we think about what this movie taught us throughout the process when we're when we're just thinking about you know at the end of this movie the credits are rolling what's my takeaway here you know movies since 1960 has changed a lot and, okay. and there's a big difference um and i've also learned that movies in black and white are actually amazing i, I thought, know i thought that they you know before Watching this movie tonight, I thought that black and white movies were stupid. (laughs) Yeah. So when I told you this movie was in black and white, I was like, by the way, did you know that this is in black and white? And you just looked at me and you go, ugh, are you serious? (laughs) I probably rolled my eyes too because I'm like, I'm not going to watch something in black and white. That's stupid. But it was actually really good. It was awesome, right? So, like, yeah. I feel like the contrast and, like, the mm-hmm. way the lighting plays in a totally different way. It's just, it was beautiful. And you see the house on the hill, and it's all lit in a certain way, and it looks like a painting. It's yeah, amazing. Like 50 shades of black and white. Yeah, that's right. As far as what I learned here, mm-hmm. I learned that you should never steal exactly $40,000. <laughs> You can steal thirty nine ninety nine. That's fine in my book. And you can also steal forty thousand and one dollar. But if you steal exactly forty thousand dollars, you're in for a wild ride, my friend. In the cellar. In the fruit cellar. Give your one word review for this movie and explain it, please. Mine's a hyphen again from I know I did a hyphen last time, so Okay. It's going to be a white knuckle. Ooh, I like that. It's mm-hmm. actually really good. Mm-hmm. Can you explain it a little bit? Yeah, there's a lot of fear and suspense and kind of panic throughout the whole movie. And if you notice, throughout the entire movie, everyone's hands were doing something. So when she's driving the car, running away from the cop, her hands are gripping the steering wheel. And it looks like she has gloves on, but it's black and white. So here mm-hmm. she is like gripping the steering wheel and his hands he's pressing his thumbs into his index fingers when he's talking to her and so throughout the entire movie his hand like everyone's hands are anxiously moving yeah that makes sense and I, i noticed that as as you're talking about it um when he was really nervous talking to the lover dude his hands were all over the place going crazy twitching so my one word review is um, euphoric, <laughs> which sounds kind of weird, but I was just euphoric watching this movie. I really, really enjoyed it from start to finish, um, catching all the dialogue, catching, you know, I, I was appreciating the visual aspect of it in a lot of different ways that I hadn't before. Mm. And I think the last time I watched this movie was probably like 10 years ago. And I always knew Psycho was was a classic, but rewatching it, 
I was just like amazed. I was like, this holds up. This mm-hmm. stands the test of time. And this is awesome. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I got a f- couple fun facts for us. Okay. All right. Let's go. So um, let's riff on this stuff here a little bit. Okay. Fact number one, uh, Alfred Hitchcock is the director of this movie. Okay. Walt Disney refused to allow... Alfred Hitchcock to film at Disneyland in the early 1960s because Hitchcock had made that disgusting movie Psycho. That disgusting movie Psycho. Mm. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next fun fact. Although Janet Lee, who played Marion Crane, was not bothered by the filming of the famous shower scene. Seeing it on film profoundly moved her. She later remarked that it made her realize how vulnerable a woman is in the shower. To the end of her life, she only took baths. That's not true. No, that's 100% true. She only took baths. After she saw herself in this movie getting murdered in the shower, she only took baths. Wow. It's a pretty good reason to only take baths, though. I mean, I can't speak to what it must have been like for her to watch herself get murdered in the shower, but I'd probably take baths Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, This one I thought was interesting. In the opening scene, Marion is wearing a white bra because Alfred Hitchcock wanted to show her as being angelic. After she has taken the money, the following scene has her in a black Black. bra because now she has done something wrong and evil. Similarly, before she steals the money, she has a white purse. After she's stolen the money, she has a purse that's black. That's so interesting. I never caught on to that, but now it totally makes sense. I know, right? Kind of crazy. Yeah. What a great subliminal message he's sending. Uh, Director Sir Alfred Hitchcock originally envisioned the shower sequence as completely silent, but the composer went ahead and scored it anyways. Upon hearing it, Hitchcock immediately changed his mind. So the director, Alfred Hitchcock, originally wanted the shower scene to be completely silent. But if you think about it, the Mm. music that happens in the shower scene is so iconic. It's one of the things that like we reference it. Like if you're if you're making a joke about like killing somebody, you go ring, 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 ring. And that's the music. And I actually did it in the Pulp Fiction podcast. I made that sound and I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, But but I was referencing like murdering somebody with a knife or whatever. Um, but uh, I just think it's interesting that the composer was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to do it anyways. And it becomes one of the most iconic pieces of music when mm-hmm. it comes to like the horror genre. I thought that was cool. It's good. And then my last fact is um, Alfred Hitchcock bought the rights to the novel because this was a novel before it was made a movie and he bought the rights for it for nine grand he then bought up as many copies of the novel as he could to keep the ending a secret so the ending was actually in the novel um, but he didn't want anybody to find out about it before his movie so he he bought up a bunch of novels in the book bookstores so i thought that was interesting um let's go ahead and what would you rate this as far as tornadoes i'm gonna give it a nine a nine. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'm actually going to give it a... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it was surprisingly great. It was really good, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm going to give it a 10. This is my first 10 <laughs> I've given, but I've enjoyed watching it so much that um, I just was reminded how dope of a movie this is. So that is No Texting During the Movie, special Halloween edition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and whether you're a tornado or a potato, you got to remember that it's all, all ketchup, ketchup at, at the, the end, end of the day, day baby. baby. <laughs>